You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Hello, welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. I'm Joanna Wood, and I'm here with Kevin. <laughs> Take one. That was really good. Are we done? Is that good? Yeah, that's all it takes. Great. Okay, we're doing a bit of a role reversal today. We wanted to do a little bit of a a dive into how we got here, how we came to be Resilient Human Podcast, and kind of the evolution of the fitness, nutrition, and mindset that make up all of this. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Okay. Well, let's just get to it then. I'm trying not to move. I wish everyone could see our setup oh right God. now. I just took a picture of it. It's a, it's on Instagram and Facebook right now. Okay. We're perched precariously <laughs> on the side of our couch in the office. Um, so I'm going to try not to hand gesture too lively. <laughs> if you hear a crash, we'll be right back. Um, okay. So... What was your goal initially with starting CrossFit Moncton? Let's start there. Let's go way back. So myself personally started CrossFit in 2006. And when I tell that to some people, they go, whoa. It's that's a long like, time ago. That's like OG territory. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. That was back when like Chris Spieler was posting his results in the CrossFit.com message boards. Most people won't even know that name. Anymore. <laughs> that's crazy, eh? Um, so yeah. Fast forward a couple years, um, July 5th, 2008, CrossFit Moncton was born, started in a playground. A lot of people know that story, but um, it was the, the reason for it was I wanted to share my love and journey of CrossFit and in essence fitness with as many people as I could. And that first day in the park, you know, we had a few dozen people show up to that. Uh, over the course of the summer, I want to say we had, if I can remember correctly, it was like 120 some people over the course of that summer that kind of came and went and some stayed on as members as we moved inside, some left. But again, going back to that, the whole purpose of it was to just spread fitness. I wanted to teach people about CrossFit, about all these movements. And my idea was you know, let's, let's change some lives through fitness. And that was the main purpose. And it, it stayed like that for, for quite a while. And nobody really knew what CrossFit was back then. Yeah. That was the hard part. It wasn't mainstream. It wasn't on the TV or ESPN or anything like that. I had the, um, my Honda element deckled up and that's how some people found out about us because they just saw that giant orange lunchbox (laughs) Driving, driving around, around Moncton, uh, and they're like, "Oh, what's that?" And there's a phone number, I think, on it, or an email, or a we- it was the website, and uh, people go to it and check it out and see what it was all about. But yeah, even the website, like our old website, that's really all it was. It was just like kind of like about us, and then we posted the workouts. It was just a blog, was just yeah. a blog with workouts and pictures of people working out, and that that was basically it. So that that served us well for a few years until 
the next evolution. Until the next evolution, which was what? So where did this fitness get us to? What I soon recognized very quickly was that when I say quickly, it took a few years, um, was that people weren't seeing the results that they wanted to or that they were capable of without also working on their nutrition. And so we often hear the, this old line, um, you know, your health or your results are 80% nutrition and 20% in the gym or fitness. And it's really, you, you have to put effort into both. I, I don't really like that 80-20 rule. You'll, you'll get different results from putting in effort on both of those things. So this took many years. Like, that, like very recently, I recognized that the stuff that we do in the gym helps people become more capable. Mm-hmm. You will develop strength agility, coordination, like all the neurological and physiological changes, you'll see those. Where you'll see results from your nutrition and dialing that in is your body composition. Can you see it through fitness? Yes. Will you see it through fitness if you come three times a week and the workouts are 15 minutes long? Probably not, right? the other 23 hours of the day. Yeah. And so that's once I recognized that the nutrition aspect had a lot of value for people changing their body, which is what we hear a lot of when people walk through the door, we ask them, it's kind of like a little mini interview, but we ask, what are your goals? And what do 90% of people say? Lose weight. I'll lose weight. Yep. (laughs) And I have another, I could go on a rant here, but you know, do you actually want to lose weight? Like, is that the actual goal? And usually it isn't. Because if you want to lose weight, just go poop a lot. You'll <laughs> drop weight, right? Just just go take some laxatives. You'll poop it all out and you'll weigh five pounds less. Is that what you want? No. No. So what do you actually want? And then they'll say, oh, well, well, I want to drop some fat. You know, that's... Okay, well, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. I can I can help you lose fat, and that's through some type of dietary intervention. And that's where I started to put my focus and my training. So I took, I don't know how many certifications I have when it comes mm, to the, quite a few. the fitness side of things, but um, multiple CrossFit level ones, level two. Well, prior to level two, it was like the CrossFit prep course. Um gymnastics kids like dumbbell running olympic Olympic lifting lifting. anyway the list goes on and on then i started putting my effort and resources into the nutrition side of things so i went through the precision nutrition level one course came out of that with a lot of a lot of info and then i wanted to really dive into like not just the nutrition side but how to change habits how to, mm-hmm. how to actually get this to stick with people. And so that's why I signed up for the Precision Nutrition Level 2. It was a year-long course. It was very, you were there. It's pretty in-depth. <laughs> yeah. I had to do a lot of coursework. I want to say there was 12 case studies that we had to do over the course of the year. And they were not easy. Not easy at all. There was a lot of research involved. 
practical use. We had to interview people. Um, like there, there was all a lot of project-based stuff and that was super valuable. It taught me the concept of motivational interviewing and really diving into the whys of what, why people want to change. And that's actually how we came up with our no sweat intros at the gym. When, when people first come in, we really dive into why are you here? Cause mm-hmm. I'm not going to accept the answer. I just want to lose weight. That's like surface level. That's just what people think they want. It's not what they actually want. Right. And when we boil it, when we boil it down, when we strip away all the layers, a lot of it comes down to capability. They want to be capable and they want to be confident. Big one. Yeah. The two, the two big C's. So capable, we can make you capable. You come to the gym, we'll train you hard within your, within your abilities, but we'll, we'll train you hard and make sure that you feel capable to do the things that you want to do when you want to do them, regardless of circumstances. Now the confidence oftentimes comes hand in hand with that feeling of capability, but also how people view themselves in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so that confidence came or comes from that nutrition training. And I think we can break down the evolution of just the nutrition part quite a bit. Way back in the day, we did zone. Uh, well, we're, so we're in my home office now. We can see like all of my books on the bookshelf. I had my daughter, <laughs> I had Holly organize them A to Z, but it, it, it's like chapters now. So the top shelf is like fitness and nutrition. Then there's business, there's general, and there's like self-help mindset stuff. And so when you look at the books for the nutrition side of it, yeah, like you said, the we started out with the zone diet. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Man, I was Because you were doing zone before we met. Yeah. Because I kind of jumped on zone then. Mm-hmm. And then we did paleo, paleo zone. Well, we would we, give a zone like, talk. Yeah. In fundament- yeah. I remember that now. There's the whole sheet on it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When people would first come into the gym, that was one of the sessions was we, we had like this, it was called the talk at mm-hmm. the, uh, at the end of session two or three or something, whatever it was. And it was a whole talk of nutrition on the zone. Yep. And then we had a whole paleo sheet too that we gave out at one point. That came later. Yeah. And we went over it kind of like step by step. Here's some things like some guidelines to follow. Yep. Man, that zone diet, that stuck with me to this day. It still does. Because I still I still have protein, carbs, fats, like it's always in, in my there. mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's ingrained in there. But then we broke it down, like we broke it down even further and went into like macros a little while later after that. So we've gone through all of the different waves of whatever's popular at the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) in diet and nutrition. So we've kind of been our own lab rats. So, okay, let's, I'll take that or dive in a little deeper to that. So the, at the first part, we were very, um, diet specific. So we started out, we recommended zone. And man, I got good results from that. Just for myself doing the zone, I actually gained muscle mass as a result of doing like strict zone for a year. I think I still have my, my journal. You it's, do. It's there in the pile. Yeah. You have all of your past journals. <laughs> yeah. And I remember my run times improving as a result of the zone. I would only do the run training that we were doing in our CrossFit classes. But I remember taking my 5K time from 27 minutes down to 23 in one year from doing the zone. 
That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So zone, very diet specific. Paleo, again, very specific. Macros, very diet specific. And then I started getting into that precision nutrition um, kind of idea. And that's when I really stepped away from diet diet recommendations to habit recommendations. And that really changed a lot for me. So we did, we use what's called pro coach. It was a year long program through precision nutrition, but I coached it all throughout, but it sent daily lessons. So it was a lot of, um, there were kind of multiple pieces to it, but there was the education side of it. And then also the accountability side of it. And those were the kind of the two main offerings when it came to that nutrition program. And some people had crazy results with it. Like it was really, really good. And they were basic, basic things. Drink water, eat slowly, like chew your food. (laughs) Yep. Basic things, but they make a big difference over time. And now it's... We're still like that. We, we don't use a, um, a specific app or program or anything. We call it collaborative wellness in which we sit down with people and find out what's their limiting factor. So with ProCoach and Precision Nutrition, it was all laid out. First two weeks, you start with this. Next two weeks, you go on to this one. And for me, I found that too rigid and I wanted more flexibility. I wanted to figure out where this person is starting from. So we start people with a very long, detailed initial questionnaire. We do a lot of like data collection at the start. So we will find out where people are starting from, what's the limiting factor that's holding them back, and then kind of like atomic habits, but starting small and building up from there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what how our collaborative wellness program was developed over the last 15 years yeah okay so we have our fitness that's been ongoing since the beginning and i would say has changed the fitness fitness has has changed changed a lot too i I had that thought but i I didn't know if we wanted to jump backwards yeah let's let's jump back before we go forward more okay so yes crossfit fitness programming how do you i want to know how you see that it's changed before i answer oh uh so old school days, um, pull-ups with bands. <laughs> Handstand push-ups Hand with bands. Handstand push-ups with bands. <laughs> I could think of nothing <laughs> worse to do. Holy God. Um, uh, crazy, crazy workouts that literally almost kill you. And anybody can do. Um, even going from when you mentioned we started doing no sweat intros. Before we had no sweat intros, when people wanted to come try CrossFit, they wanted to come to the gym and see what this is all about. Oh God, I about we that. had Saturday morning drop-ins. So every morning, Saturday at, I think it was like nine or 10 o'clock, we held like an open workout. Anybody could show up and try this. And it was a 10 minute AMRAP of five push-ups, 10 sit-ups and 15 squats. And I'm sure that we Debilitated. debilitated. <laughs> More than a few people. We had people fall out the door because the first gym we had, there was a very large step to get in. You just fall out the door on your way out. People threw up. Like, we don't we don't see that anymore. We've, That's... No, I... <laughs> we've come a long way. Yeah. Not many people get 
get that indoctrinated that way anymore no. in, into a CrossFit gym. And we which don't is have Pukey's Wall anymore. That used to be like a, a, a CrossFit rite of passage almost. Like you had to get your name up there. And it wasn't just us. That's just a, like a general thing. Pukey the Clown was a, a CrossFit mascot. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's changed a lot, obviously. Like even my own. So I would, I've done my own programming since the start. Um, actually, just before recording this, we just finished up for next week. Um, I, I enjoy it. And I've learned a lot over the years, sometimes at the expense of our members. (laughs) Like, oh, that looked like a good idea. And then it wasn't. 400 walking lunges. Whatever. I I still don't mind that one. I will never do it again. (laughs) But I'm surprised you brought that one up and not another one. Oh, which one? Virtual shoveling. Oh, that was my first workout. My first workout ever was virtual shoveling and push-ups. For those that don't know what virtual shoveling is, please describe that exercise. Okay, so you take a barbell, um, you put a weight on one end of it, like you would clip it, like you clip it on the end of one side of the barbell, and then kind of like shoveling snow. If you don't know what that feels like, I'm envious of you. But so you take it from one side of a 20-inch box. And you lift it up and over to the other side and then back. And that's one. And you just, you keep going back and forth over that box. I think the workout rep scheme, if I recall, was like 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. It sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. People couldn't stand up straight for a week after that. Yeah. Backs were blown (laughs) up. Live and learn. But again... On paper, I thought, wow, this looks pretty cool. It's pretty functional. Like, we shovel all the time into we're never talking about this or doing this ever again. And it's (laughs) never come up since. Right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, a lot of learning where we had, like, one workout that was considered RX'd. Everybody kind of strived to get to that RX workout. Many people would just do the RX. And we just stand there and wait for them to finish it. Yeah. Like we think about those Fran workouts back in the day. And some people would take like 15 minutes right. to do Fran. And they're like, oh, okay, we're going to put like a 10-minute cap on it. And now everybody's doing their own version of Fran. There's like yeah. 32 different levels that we have people do when it comes to Fran. And, man, I don't know. It's <laughs> – I bet – I bet. In 15 years' time, we're going to look back at today and think, oh, my God, like, right? And (laughs) I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Yeah. Because if you don't cringe at what you did 10 years ago, you haven't developed. Mm -hmm. And so I cringe at what we did 10 and 15 years ago, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And in 10 years' time, I hope to look back today and say, oh, my God, I can't believe we did that. Yeah. Because I want to continue to develop, so... Now we're in, for our fitness, we have very individualized programming for everybody that walks through the door, as opposed to, here's one workout, see if you can do it, and if not, <laughs> we'll give you some lesser weights, because right. that's really what it was. So Yeah, the level method has really made it more individual to the person, specific for their current individualized systemized 
Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a system and it works very well. And I don't I don't know. And I from a coaching perspective, it makes it way easier to run a class. Oh my god, yeah. There's way less questions, and that's why we can get so much done in a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's just because everybody knows what to do. We listen. <laughs> Before we had an individualized strength rotation, oh. where we had a <laughs> a uh, this is at Alcock Street. We had a, a a clear glass window that looked into a different room, and we had four racks. That's all we had room for. We had four racks, yep. and then the floor space. And so you would come in, go up to the coach, tell them what lifting uh, movement that you were doing for the day, and what rep scheme because everybody's yep, on a different rep on, scheme. Yep. So there were nine different exercises that we rotated through. One, three, five. One reps, three reps, and five reps. So you could be anywhere in that rotation, and then we would plot you out. Okay, well, Joanna's on back squats, and Patrick's on front squats, and Mark's on deadlifts, and whatever. And then we'd slot you into who you're paired up with, what rack you were on, or what spot you were on on the floor. That alone took a (laughs) chunk of time out of the class just to get everybody organized into what they were doing and where they were going. So we used to do that. Thank God (laughs) we do not do that anymore. Wow. Where do we go from there? Anyway, that's the fitness side. We've obviously developed and, uh, we know, we know more today than we did last decade. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. So we talked about fitness and, and you know, that got people that, that feeling of capability and feeling like they could do, you know, almost anything that they wanted to do. Then we talked about nutrition and how if people were looking for body composition changes, that's where they needed to put more focus. more focus yeah. and more effort. Next. And now. Now what? Now we finish the, the three-sided circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a Venn diagram. What uh, what do we get by doing hard things? I guess that's where it started, the whole mindset thing. So yeah, the third the third iteration is mindset. Now the hard things, for me personally, started early because I looked at actually I probably I have it right there. I can see where it is. It's a list that I printed out on the old CrossFit message boards, not even the CrossFit.com site. These are like message boards (laughs) back in the day. And somebody posted it and it was like 30 pages of the most insane CrossFit workouts you could ever come up with. Is all the girls in there? Uh, No, that came later. There's one called October Breeze, which I I still haven't done yet, but I want to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, we'll see how this, uh, I, it has uh, a lot of running, rocking, 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 running in the middle of it is like Angie. I think there's a Murph in the middle of it. There's a lot. Okay. Anyway, the October breeze workout is an eight hour workout. Well, that sounds like an easy day compared to some of the things we've done now. Correct. Yeah. In that list was the burpee mile. Okay. That's how I found out about it. And that's how I got interest in trying it. I and you try it. I did it. Pierre and I did this. Yeah. And we, what you do is you lay on the ground and when you get up, instead of jumping up, you jump forward like a broad jump. And you do that until you've covered one mile. And I believe it took 
him and I, I think I was like um, an hour and 17 minutes and he was like an hour and 21 minutes. Mm -hmm. We were pretty close. We were really close to each other. Um, and we did it down St. George. We started at the Wesleyan church and we went down. And by the way, going downhill was actually a bad idea. I wish <laughs> we would have done it in reverse the other way. But anyway, our hands were destroyed mm -hmm. in total. I think it was around 720 burpees by the time we were done. But any time after that, all I thought was, well, I've done 720 burpees. What's right. 20? What's exactly. 50? Who, like it didn't matter. All those smaller numbers that we did in workouts didn't matter because I had something massive to compare it against. That's when that mental aspect kind of started. It started as just crazy ass shit, crazy mm -hmm. challenges that people would just be like, you got to be insane. It's, and, it was more like the physical The physical challenge. mental challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. And then <laughs> I want to say the next one was the 250-pound tire flips down Main Street, down and back. That took us about an hour and a half. Pierre and I, again, I just suckered him into everything. <laughs> hey, Pierre, want to do this? Oh, okay. He's just very agreeable. Yeah, well, it's for some things. <laughs> uh, hey, Pierre, want to get drunk downtown? Yeah, let's go. Anyway. We don't do that anymore. No. We have families. <laughs> um, yeah, that tire flip down Main Street. We did it once. We went down to like City Hall and back to where um, the Highfield Square was or Avenue Center With is Avenue, now. Yeah. And then we did it. We're like, we should make that a fundraiser. So we did it again. Why not? Why not? And we had a couple people behind us with uh, with buckets, and we ended up raising a bunch of money for Prostate Cancer Canada. And we got our name in the paper. Picture was in the paper as a result of that. Uh, a photographer was walking by and yeah. he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we told him and... I've the seen paper. the picture because your mom has it, obviously. Uh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those were those mental toughness things that, that kind of started it. And the next one after that was, let's see if I could run a marathon without any running training whatsoever. And no running shoes. Just do, innovates. Do not recommend. No, that was a bad idea still did it <laughs> i think that that was after we did katahdin though well possibly like there were there were things before then but anyway there's been a lot of things over the years physical challenges for the the mental aspect but what i rec realize is that not everybody will have the ability or the desire to want to put themselves in those situations to develop that mental toughness. Right. And that's fine. I'm not like talking down to anybody who doesn't. It's not the only way. No, no, no. And so like, we're again in my work office here at home, looking at the GORUCK board, how many GORUCK events? I think it's, I'm mm -hmm. at 24 now. Spartan races, climbing up and down those goddamn mountains in the middle of 35 degree heat. Like it's terrible. Not <laughs> there's very few people that would ever think that's a fun thing to do. That's a good idea. It's not a good idea. <laughs> I don't think everybody <laughs> should do it. Right. So what do those people do? Exactly. And that's, that's really where I'm putting my time and effort in currently is into story work and story work is still mental training it's you're working on your mindset. And so what is, 
I guess I'd like to start this with what is mindset? Mindset is the stories that you tell yourself to yourself and you have the ability to change those. We all have this voice in our head. We call it our inner critic and our inner critic speaks the language of imposter syndrome, speaks the language of shit talking, provides you with a lot of insecurity, of doubt, guilt, and shame. And you can, you have the ability because I've seen it. I've, I've witnessed this, not just with myself. Yes. I had that shit talker, that self critic, that, that demeaning voice in my head. I've seen it with other people and I know the process. I know how to get that voice, not eliminated, but quieted. It's put into a little box and it's shoved in the back and it comes up every now and then, but I know how to address it. And that's been through the enlifted method that I've been learning. And so I graduated recently from the enlifted level one. So I know how to go into people's stories and work them. And it's not, we're not trying to get over your stories. We're trying to get into them mm-hmm. because a lot of people want to get over them. And that's not, that's not how this works. We want to dive into them so that we can diminish the volume of them. And we can actually put, when we put pen to paper, that story now has a first word, a last word, and then punctuation in between. When you keep that story in your head, there's no start, there's no finish. You are both the author and the participant in that story. And you can be as creative as you want in your head. It's going to go in all directions and you can't even predict where, where that direction will go. But once you have it on paper, it's very specific and we can start to mess with those words. I say mess with those words. I really mean we're crafting the words. And then the next part, once you've worked the stories and you don't feel like you're stuck anymore, now we can start celebrating wins. And when you celebrate wins, the whole world, literally the whole world opens up. It's like all the clouds just kind of opened up and the sun is shining down on you and fuck, it feels good. Pardon my language, but it feels amazing. When we celebrate the wins, we come out of that with a list of affirmations that you have tied to a very specific story in your life that feels amazing. And so if, if go online, this, I challenge you right now, go online and just look up top 30 daily affirmations. It'll be like, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for my family. I'm grateful very for my kids. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It does not mean a goddamn thing. They're worthless as the paper that that you'd print them on. And so the affirmations that come from these celebrating the wins, once we've gotten unstuck from those stories, are meaningful and valuable. And man, they make you feel freaking amazing. So I have to say, um, you've done a lot over the last, how many years we've been together? since I don't know (laughs) it's been a while Uh, so I've seen all of the programs and the certifications and the courses and the learning that you've done over the years 
But I have to say that the enlifted method, the whole course and everything is the most profound one that you've done. Why? Because I see the value in it and I see the changes that it's made. And you set me up with one of the enlifted coaches to do my own stories. So I've been able to participate in it firsthand. And I think that everybody should do it, really. There's not one person out there that doesn't have a shit talker in their head. The only ones that don't are the ones that actually don't have an inner dialogue. There's a, it's a very... I've, I've heard of this and yeah. I can't even imagine because my head is <laughs> so full of voices all the time. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that would be like. But yes, I've heard of that very, very small Very, very percentage. rare, but they're, they're out there. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I don't know how to explain it um, or articulate it into words. But once you've written out the story... And you've gone through it and you come out with those affirmations or those... We call them translations. Little keywords. Yeah. It changes the story. It's no longer a shit talker in your head. You're... It's just words and squiggles. It's just words. It's what I've heard from the last couple clients that I've done, done this with. When we four-stepped a story... At the end, we describe describe the vibe. What's what's the feeling associated with that that last reading of the story? And a lot of people just say, everybody says, they all say. I'll I'll use binary language here. All of them have said it doesn't mean anything anymore. Whereas the first time they read it, we went through half a box Kleenex. Right. It was crazy profound. The difference from the first reading to the last reading and it's the fun part for me is I already know the process I know how it's going to end ahead of time so I get excited (laughs) knowing that like this hurts the first reading of your of this story that you're about to do, it's going to suck hard, like really hard. You've probably suppressed this story. It's there. It's still in there, but you've suppressed it and you don't want it to come out. But as soon as you write it down, now it's real and now you have to face it. You have to stare the devil in the eyes mm-hmm. and it's going to suck. But again, I'm sitting there like, just like I know how it's going to end, though. It's going to be so good. It's funny you say that because that's the vibe that I get listening to Mark do his talks. Like you've watched videos and stuff at the house and I've heard them in the background. And when he's explaining what's happening and going through stories, he knows that's going to happen. And just the way that you explained what you're feeling like. That's how I feel he's feeling like when he's going through these. I don't work for Enlifted. I just have their certifications and I'm doing my own thing with it. But please follow them on Instagram. They do, I want to say it's every month, they do a live Instagram where they take somebody from 
the viewers that's on Instagram, they have, they have to be willing to do it, uh, ready, willing, and able to share their story. But they take people live through this whole story work, and you can actually see what it looks like. Spoiler alert, I'm also going to be doing this. Ooh. So this is the this is me is, committing to it. Is there more to tell? I will be doing two things. One is going to be in April, April 16th. I will be doing a live workshop at CrossFit Moncton for anybody in the neighborhood that would like to come. We're going to do what's called an Enlifted Light session. We're not going to go into those deep, dark stories, but we're going to play some games. Some word games. Some word games. So this is fun. It is fun. <laughs> I have it all laid out so far. And then after we're going to do some goal setting stuff and supercharge them. And you're going to leave with shit to do. Yeah. It's not just going to be, be a, excited about it. It's not going to be a feel good session. Like, oh, that was great. It's going to mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, I have a bunch of stuff I got to get done now. That's that's the whole point of this podcast, too, right, is make it practical. And so this is really just practical mindset stuff. That's all it is. And then the second announcement is I will be doing a uh, Instagram live, maybe a Facebook live. I haven't decided which platform yet, but I'm guessing Instagram um, where I would have the easiest way of kind of setting it up um, and doing some of this story work stuff uh, online. So there I said it. So now it's real and it has to happen. So <laughs> that was part of my homework. <laughs> Check it off the list. Yeah. And I hope everybody participates. Come and watch the online things. And if you're in the area and you can get to the gym, come check it out. Yeah. More details to come out on that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to, it's going to help me put some reps in to make sure that I get better at this. And it's also going to help uh, anybody that shows up to experience this practical mindset work, which is really, it's fun. It's fun stuff. For me. transformative <laughs> so why did we talk about all this let's let's bring this full circle again fitness can only get people so far then we brought in nutrition we knew that they could make body transformations like actual physical body composition changes but what i found was if we kept layering on new habits like Work out this many times per week. Get this many steps in. Um, eat this, don't eat this. Make sure you get through two to three liters of water. Do this for your sleep habits. We just kept stacking all these habits on top of each other, but eventually people would snap back to that default position. And so what I've recognized is that the mindset piece was missing. People were trying to stack those habits on an identity that didn't match the habits. And so that's my, my goal now is through these, this enlifted method is help people create a new identity so that it's going to be much easier to stack these habits on afterwards. In other words, the habits will be more sticky to your new identity versus being kind of repelled against your old identity, if that makes any sense. I think it does make sense. Cool. Good talk. It was a good talk. Thanks for joining me here <laughs> on the couch. Thanks for introducing the show. That was a new one. I said this with Ingrid a, a, a few sessions ago. I was like, it's kind of like the Simpsons, uh, the start of the Simpsons episode. Like every 
every intro is slightly different. I've never noticed that, but I haven't watched The Simpsons since I was oh, yeah. very young. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. It's been great uh, having everybody follow along. Um, again, like and share. Uh, that's how this message gets out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.